And we're back, Stripe Show Podcast, on a Tuesday. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day as we uh, put a little bit of a wrap on last week. I'm still kind of holding on because my boy, Sammy Burns, got to the finish line for me, 40 to 1. You know I was on that. Sam Burns getting his fifth win on the PGA Tour. It's probably not going to be the last time you hear me say that. I'm kind of a Burns homer. Been touting him for a while. Beating the book, he knows that. He's been on the show many times, and he's back. He joins us from South Florida, and I'm sure is on cloud nine. The Miami Hurricanes in the final four? How you doing, bud? Pretty good. You know, the, the Hurricanes and FAU, so... We're one game away, you know, from having a Florida Atlantic versus Miami national championship for college basketball, which that's amazing. I, uh, yeah, I would have never thought that was possible. Um, both have had a both have had great seasons. Um, the Hurricanes, I could more of I, I could have more expected this from the Hurricanes, you know, because they they did make mm-hmm. the elite elite eight last year, you know, yep. and they, you know. That was a great Kansas team they played last year, right? And they were the Hurricanes were ahead by seven points at halftime last year against Kansas. So wow. I knew that they were right up there, like as one of the best teams in the country. And they added one of the one of the best transfers in the country, Nigel Pock from uh, from Kansas State. So I, I knew that they would be, you know, right there this year. So um, although the you know the they they lost they lost basically nobody off last year's team and then they weren't ranked coming into the year which just shows you how big of a joke college basketball polls are and uh you know they've come up you know pretty much made a run they've gone through uh, if they win the title i'd say they've gone through one of the hardest title runs that there is because they've gone through you know um a great houston team who was number one all season um, nobody thought they would beat Houston and nobody thought they would beat Texas. So I thought Texas was playing probably the best of anybody in, in the tournament. So mm-hmm. um, to go through those guys and Indiana and Drake, who's a top, a top uh, mid-major team, um, they've certainly been tested. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, pretty much ecstatic just making the final four for FAU and Miami. So whatever happens yeah. after, after this point, it's pretty much uh Icing on the cake, you know? Yeah, no one saw that. You know, no one saw that. It's a crazy year. Uh, it be interesting to see what happens. Semifinals on Saturday, and then, of course, the national championship on Monday. Lots of golf, uh, professional golf this week, the week before the Masters uh, PGA Tour. We're going to give you our best bets here momentarily. Valero, Texas Open, and then we'll give you a few live bets, which uh, are in, in Orlando. Right in between, should we meet there? Like, you know, have coffee and go to the to the tournament. I mean, is everything good? I know there's a little back and forth there with you. Like, you were in and you're out. Now you're. Where are we at with Liv? Yeah, well, I'll be there. Um, You got your media pass. You got your media pass. Yeah, I got. You know, it's not a. It's not about like just getting the media pass. I mean, I would go as a fan too. Okay. But you know, I'd rather go as as like media pass. You know, Um, they should. You've been touting them. You're a fan. Yeah, you know, and as with all new new organizations, you know, they have, you know, new people working in all different departments. So, um, you know, I'm not sure everyone knows all about golf yet. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, there's definitely growing pains with, you know, behind the scenes and stuff. But I'm just excited to get to the event, you know, and 
see some of these guys, you know, who haven't been playing that great on live, you know, to start this season, the, the DJs, the Cameron Smiths, uh, you know, the Brooks Kepkas, like, how are they going to play uh, this week? Cause we, you know, we usually see if guys are playing well, they'll take the week off before the masters, like in the PGA, um, or we see guys in PGA who haven't been playing well, they'll, they'll kind of use it as a tune up, you know, mm -hmm. to play, uh, to play the masters. So I'm, I'm looking at some of these guys who haven't been playing well and live like, like Brooks, DJ, Cam Smith. I'm looking at them to, you know, get, uh, you know, yeah, to find something this week in Orlando so they can go into Augusta with some confidence. Yeah, the last two events they've played, it, it, you know, the golf course, I don't think match their investment. You know, they make these investments in these big name players, um, guys that can bomb it off the tee. Cam is not exactly long off the tee, but he's pretty crooked. And, you know, these courses they've played have been pretty penal off the tee. So they really haven't, to this point, um, matched up the courses uh, to their investment, at least this year. I think what you'll see at Orange County National, this this course is a little bit more open. So I I expect to see uh, some of the bigger names uh, start to rise up a little bit on Live Golf. All right, we'll give them a few of those um, bets here in a little bit. But before we get to the Valero Texas Open, let's just let's just go back to the see this guy behind me in the sim here. Can you see it? This is uh, this is Sammy Burns. See him there. Right there in the back. Just pay it off one more time. Sam Burns, folks, won the World Golf Championship match play, working on some content in the sim there and how he gets it done. Five wins on the PGA Tour. The real deal. He is the real deal. It's not his last win. The next step for him now is major championships. He's got to be more competitive. He's never made the cut at the Masters. Um, I don't think he's finished inside the top 20 yet at any of the majors. So he's kind of like... um. He's a little bit like Max Homa, right? I mean, what Max has, what, six wins now? Um, you know, these guys are, are winning. Um, they are stars, and now they've got to be more competitive in the biggest tournaments. All right, we'll get to the Masters more next week. This week, let's get another winner. Valero, Texas Open, TPC San Antonio, the Oaks course. I've played this course, beating the bookie, when I was running the PGA Tour Academies. I played this course one time. And the wind was blowing, oh, I don't know, 40. <laughs> and we played it from, you know, where they play the tournament. And I, when I got done playing, I thought to myself, I don't ever want to play golf again. You know, because it was just that difficult. I mean, this course is not easy. I mean, PGA Tour, PGA Tour players make golf courses look way easier than they are. I mean, way easier. Mm -hmm. And you look at, you know, historically here, 13 under won it last year with J.J. Spawn. Uh, I think Chapel won. It was 12 under. Spieth won it in 21. It was 1,800. You just see these scores and you're like, my God, like how does Spieth shoot 18 under? You know, and of course the wind plays into it. But man, the day we played it, there's a couple greens that you stand there and you just feel like you're going to get blown right off the earth is what you feel like. Um, so, you know, well, it depends on the weather. It's a, it's a challenging golf course. And I think when you start looking at some of the key stats, of course, we know the approach game is, is one of the most important stats in golf. You're going to get a lot of the 150 to 175 yard range shots, 175 to 200. Um, guys are going to miss fairways and greens here. So you have to have a short game here. At least you would think in looking at the course layout. Now, when Corey Connors won here in 19, 
at 20 under, he just blitzed it with his ball striking. I think he was mm-hmm. like plus 11 in approach. He lost one in short game, which is almost like a win for Corey Connors, only losing one as he struggles short game and putting. But you're going to miss greens. You've got to have a short game. And of course, um, you're going to have to make some putts. So it's a, it's a pretty well-rounded player um, that we're looking at here. And, I, and I'll finish with this and then I'll give you the floor. You know, look, man, we're 40 to one last week. Um, you know, it's it's not unheard of to see a long shot come in. I think I think Spawn was like, like 200 to one. I mean, he was up there. I think yeah. Connors was a Monday qualifier. The last one to win as a Monday qualifier was like 250 to one. Andrew Landry's one here. Kevin Chappell's one here. I think there's some money to be made here. What do you think? I, I do think so. And you get, you know, good odds because the field is not very stacked, you know, so there's nobody that is like a world beater that's coming to this course this year, right? We see the second favorite overall is Ricky Fowler, 18 to one. Yeah. Uh, which is wild to me because Ricky hasn't obviously won in a long time and he missed the cut here last year. Uh, he's got two 17th places here. Um, so those odds to me are just like laugh out loud, basically. I mean, he, his odds are so low because he needs to win this event to make the Masters. And this right. is like, this is not like, this isn't a reality, right? Like, just because you need to win. Uh, right a tournament to, to, to make the masters doesn't mean you're going to win it. So I think those odds like should be at least 30 to one in my eyes. But, um, you know, I, I do think there's a little value in the top 10 at plus 240, just because Ricky has been playing well. And I mean, the field is weakened and he's been playing well. So I mean, his game is definitely on the rise. Yeah. Um, he, he's definitely putting himself more in the mix on Sundays. So, I do like a Rory at a, I mean, not a Rory, a Ricky at plus 240 for a top 10 finish. Uh, but those odds, just 18 to 1 to win. I mean, just forget it. Like, yeah. Even even if you think he's going to win, those odds just suck. So uh, I definitely, no bet for me to, to win it, but I do like the top 10. Yeah. You look at the top of the board here. I mean, you mentioned Ricky at 18. Uh, Terrell Hatton is the favorite right now, currently at 12. And you got to shop around, of course. This we're just looking at it at DraftKings. Um, you know, Hatton didn't get out of his group play last week, but he'd been playing very well uh, up to that point. Um, you know, how does he feel? Uh, I think he hurt his wrist um, before he went out and played. So, where are we at from an injury perspective with Hatton? I agree with you on Fowler. He's playing well. Look, I had him when I filled up my bracket, I had Sam Burns over uh, Ricky Fowler. I don't know if I mentioned that. I had Sam Burns last week in my bracket and winning, and it was over Ricky Fowler, who didn't get out of uh, his group play. Um, Siwoo Kim is at 22 to 1. Connors, 22, of course, going to get a lot of respect, winning here before. Uh, Montgomery getting a lot of respect. Uh, the big kid from UNLV, you know, he, you know, he can win with the driver and the putter. It's just, you know, I think he's being probably a little more exposed as of late with his iron game. His short game, I'm probably going to pass on him. And then all the way down here, we got Matsuyama at 25. You know, I think in the short odds, I'm going to sign up for, for Matsuyama. Of course, uh, a green jacket uh, winner there a couple years ago. And uh, I think coming into a place where, you know, you kind of have to have the complete game, you know, get get the irons going. I love Matsuyama around the greens. Uh, let's see if we can have a decent putting week. I think in the short odds... I'm going to sign him for Matsuyama at 25. 
Yeah, you know, like, I mean, I like Hideki, but, you know, as a Masters winner, multiple-time PGA winner, I could see him just saying, like, listen, I haven't been playing great. I just want to go work on some stuff for the first two rounds and then get out and fly to Augusta on Saturday. Like, I could see that happening. So, like, some of the bigger names I'll str- some of the bigger names I stray away from because I think they might use this like Thursday and Friday for practice for practice. Right. And just go to Augusta early, get themselves a couple days rest. Um, I know Hideki, I mean, he's more like, you know, Japanese players they are more honor honorable, you know? So like, it's hard to see them, you know, like they, you know, once they sign up for something, they like to do it, you know, they don't. um, So you like um, to complete what they signed up for is what you're saying, right? Like yeah, us like, Americans, we might sign up and just be like, yeah, peace out. I'm out. I'll go up to Augusta. Well, for example, I think last year I, I, I took a Rory to miss the cut. At, it was one of the events before one of the majors. And I said, look, just look for Rory to work on some stuff Thursday and Friday. And then maybe just miss the cut by one. And uh, that's exactly what he did. So um, some of the bigger names players, they like to just work on their game a little bit. Um, and then I think Bryson did that last year at this event too as well also um but um yeah hideki i could he's definitely the best golfer in the field he um he's the best golfer in the field like there's no way ricky fowler should have better odds than and terrell hatton at at 12 to 1 there's no there's no planet in this in the solar system that i would take terrell hatton at plus 1200 to win a golf tournament it's just not going to happen so um i got plus 1200 he might like pretend to throw a club but plus 1200 to win not really trying to back him right there, but I could definitely see Hideki. Yeah. I mean, pulling it's good off. odds for Hideki. Look, I mean, he, he did not play well. Um, Genesis Arnold Palmer missed the cut. So I think the opposite as far as him maybe wanting to scoot after two rounds, because I think the players was his most complete tournament um, finishing fifth. And I think now he comes in here and like, let me just, you know, let me just try to replicate that build upon that. If he plays as well as he did, at TPC Sawgrass, maybe another putt or two uh, early in the rounds. It always seems like Hideki might be coming on late in tournaments mm-hmm. and needs to get off to a little better start. And perhaps this is the place. I just like his short game. I think he shines when you need to wedge it a little bit more around the green, be creative. And I tell you what, his putter, he's improved. I mean, his putter has been pretty good here over the last uh, five or six weeks. All right. So, that's kind of where we are uh, in the short odds. Now, as we as we work down, um, the first name I'll mention is very intriguing to me. I haven't played it yet, but I probably will. Davis Riley, who I think is starting to put the pieces back together at 25. You know Chris Kirk um, can give you solid play at 28. Kuchar getting res- respect at 30. He's managed himself well around this golf course over the last what feels like 50 years that he's been on the PGA Tour. J.J. Spawn, the uh, defending champ at 30 and then I'll take you down to 40. I'm going to mention these names here at 40. Cause there's a few of them. Ryan Fox, Matt Wallace, Brendan Todd, Ben Griffin and Alex Noren. A lot of, a lot to consider here with, with these names. I found myself spending a lot of time right here with these, with these guys. And I think I'm going to sign up for Ryan Fox. Um, I think he's playing good. 14th at API, 27th at players. He made it out of group play and the match play. And he's a winner, man. Like he's, um, I think it's a pretty decent course fit for him. 
And, and he's a winner. I mean, he, he's won, let's see, he's won three times on the European tour, two, twice in the last, I think he won twice in October uh, of last year. He's won three times in Australia. He won on the mini tours. I mean, like he's the kind of guy that obviously he's got game, but when he gets in the hunt, I, I think he's, he knows how to put tournaments away. And I think in all of those 40 to one, some international flavor there, I'm going with the New Zealander, Ryan Fox. Yeah, I can see that. I like one of the names that you did mention, Chris Kirk. Um, okay. He's got three top tens and eight events here. Um, so, you know, he, he did, he has one win on the season this year. Um, I do like him top 10 plus 320 and top, top 20 plus 155. I also sprinkled him to win a little bit at plus 3,100. Um, oh. As far as like Matt Kuchar, like I'm starting to see Kuch, like he, He'll start out tournaments well, and then I feel like maybe he doesn't have the stamina that he used to have, right? Obviously, he's getting older, um, so I feel like he kind of fades on the weekends, right? Or as we get closer to the weekend, so I definitely won't be playing Cooch, but um, Cooch, I did. last three years, real quick, last three years, T2, T12, T7. I mean, this guy, this guy likes it. This guy likes yeah. it in uh at uh, Valer. I mean, it makes sense. TPC San Antonio, you got that big hotel. You can bring the kids. You know, they're happy. They can go on the other side of the resort, go down all the slides. And so it's kind of a, it's kind of comforting. You know, family can just yeah. stay there with kids and play while dad goes out and, you know, tries to carve up a 68. And I did take a little bit of a bite of Corey Connors at plus 2200 because, all right, you know, this is his only career PGA win. Um, I took him top 20 plus 130, top 10 plus 240. Um, he's got 26th, first, 14th, and 35th year. Um, so he's definitely, you know, well versed with the course. So I did take Corey Connors at uh, plus 2200 to win. Um, and then, like you said, Siwoo Kim. Uh, Siwoo's played 12, uh, six events here. He's got four top 25s, uh, fourth in 2019, 13th last year. So I took Siwoo at plus 130 for a top 20 finish. Um, he's played 12 events this season, he's got 11 cuts made. Uh, with two top tens and six top twenty-five, so I think Siwoo's probably been playing, you know, some of the better golf of his career. Um, yeah, it so feels like Siwoo. I would say Hideki and Siwoo feel like the best players in the field, uh, and it feels like Siwoo um, is becoming a little more consistent. He's been working with Chris Coma. It feels like there's a there's a little more stability with his game. You could see some highs and lows. We know Siwoo can win um, players champ. He gets it going. Look out, especially with the putter. He'll go unconscious. But, um, you know, you look at you look at the guys who have played the best here over the last five years. Connors and Siwoo are top two, and then of course, right there is Charlie Hoffman. Charlie Hoffman, Mister Valero, Texas Open, has played well here two seconds in the last three three years. Aaron Badley's played well here, and there's Kucher in the top five. In the last five years, strokes gained total. Interesting, yeah. I mean, that's uh, that uh, that that's interesting to me. And he's been playing some pretty good golf, really. I think he's he's kind of found his game a little bit. He's worked with Chris O'Connell for years. Obviously, the vet out there walking around. Um, all right, so in the forties, yeah. Ryan, Fun. Brendan Todd is interesting to me. Matt Wallace, of course, won last week at Corrales. Can he? You know, where's he at from a stamina standpoint? He's played pretty well here too. Um, you know, Wallace is a guy I think you got to look at. 
Ben Griffin um, is playing very well. I'm working on getting his coach on the podcast for Thursday. His name is James O out in California. He's been on the pod before. And he's done a really good job with Griffin. Griffin's playing really good golf. And when you need a short game and you need some putting, you're right. And you start talking about like, you know, we, we, we kind of tend to dwell on the ball strikers and distance and all that and, and deservably so, but you want yourself one of the best short game players in the game, Ben Griffin, that dude can get up and down from anywhere. Um, so I, I look for the good play to continue with Griffin. How about a top 20 for Griffin? How about a top 20 right now? I see top 10 at plus 400. I'll, I'll sign up for a top 10, maybe even a top. I'll sign up for a top 20, maybe even a top 10 on Ben Griffin. You taking that, you taking that music? I mean, he's been playing. You can say great, no, just go ahead. Tell me, you can say you're full of shit. You know, this event, I just play, I, I, I don't really play like, you know, you know, crazy number of plays seeing it's the week before the masters. Yeah. But like you, like you talked about Charlie Hoffman, right? Like, you know, two second places in the last three years, right? And then 2015, 2016 winner, right? His track record here is better than anybody on tour, right? You know, yeah. one win, three runner ups and 12 events played. So um, I, I did take him last year and he, he did miss the cut last year, but um, I'm going to sprinkle a little bit on Charlie Hoffman for a top 20 finish. All right. Um, plus 500, right. For a top 20 for, you know, I think that's pretty good. I, I don't think, I, I think for the, for these odds, they're factoring in Charlie Hoffman, uh, you know, as a whole, I don't think they're really factoring in his course history here. So I like Charlie Hoffman plus 500 for a top 20 finish. He's missed his last four cuts coming in, but don't let that, don't let that detract you because I think, I believe I'll look this up. JJ spawn missed his last two starts, missed the cut, the last two starts before he won. Nope, I take that back. He, did. he missed the cut at the players, and then he finished 27th at Valspar. All right, so cleaned it up at Valspar, went in uh, and got his W that next week, his only W, J.J. Spawn. All right, so some top 20s. All right, we you look down the board here. How far would you go down? Is there is there a name in there that you would stretch here? Because look, I mean, I think we got to keep going here in the odds. Yeah, um, so, and we got to so give a few more names because this is the kind of golf course and the kind of tournament that has done it. Nikolai Hogard at fifty. Wow. I went down on Bo Bo Hostler at sixty to one. Um, yeah, Bo likes this place, doesn't he? he yeah, does. he's, he got he got fourth here last year. He's made four cuts and five events here. He has five top 25s this season. Um, so I took a bite of him at 60 to one. I also took him for a top 10 at plus 600 and for a top 20 at plus 310. Do you think Bo, do you think Bo looks at Scheffler and is like, man, what happened? Because at Texas, Bo was one and Scheffler was like three. I think Doug Gim was two and Bo was the man. And and now Scheffler comes out, and now Scheffler's the man, and Bo's like, and you look, you think Bo looks at Scheffler like, what the hell, what the hell just happened here? I think it's the visor holding him back. To be honest, <laughs> his visor looks like it's three times too big for his head. Um, so it, you know, I don't. Guys peak at all different times, right? I mean, yeah. so I mean, there's guy, there's guys, 
there's guys on the PGA Tour right now that are not very good that I'm sure in three years from now will be a lot better. And we'll be like, look how bad they were three years ago, right? So guys just, you know, they go through spurts. Um, it's the same as, same as any sport, right? Geno Smith couldn't throw a, throw a football careful now. Careful. Three years ago, he couldn't throw a football. Now he just signed a hundred million dollar contract. So, yeah, um, guys, you know the guys' games uh, improve; they get better. Some guys get worse. Um, so you just got to be one of those guys that get better. So it's definitely not over for Bo, but is he going to be the golfer that Scotty is and the pros? Probably not. But I just no, no, no nobody really. I mean, Scotty is a Scotty Scheffler right now. He's the number one. He's number one, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> if I feel like he's almost a lock to win Augusta, right? Like how do you bet against Scotty Scheffler to win Augusta? Right. So um, that's kind of a hard, a uh, hard guy to compare yourself to, but well, uh, he's he, look, let's put it this way. Bo is in a tough stretch right now and he's usually an excellent putter. He's kind of lost his putter, his ball striking's putting some pressure on it. I just look at Bo and it just feels like he's too technical to me. It feels like he's too technical. It feels like he's playing more golf swing than he is instinctively playing golf. That's just that's just my take on the outside looking in. Um, Scheffler, on the other hand, looks like he's playing golf. It, you know, it looks instinctive, freewheeling. Um, does he have things he works on with Randy Smith? Yeah, he does. He, he tries to keep the face a little more square, and then off he goes, and he hits shots. Or Bo, I think the visuals and the appearance and the aesthetics of all these things, golf swing-wise, um, are just more top of mind. Now, I might be completely wrong. It's just my thought. And that's my concern that I have stress with Victor Hovland with some of his recent things and moves as of late and have challenged the fact that I think he was a better player last year than he is this year. That's just my, that's just my opinion. Um, but with Bo, to me, that's the difference than what you see um, with Scotty Scheffler because, and it's kind of a shame because Bo was for all intents and purposes, was a better collegiate player. I mean, he played, you know, he played number one. So it's, it's always interesting to see how players make that jump to the pro game. Um, you know, Scheffler, I mean, look, he's blown my mind. That dude's blown my mind. Like how great he is. <laughs> the guy is awesome. You know, I mean, he's defending champion next week, of course, I mean, he is just. And how many years? Did, how many years did Scotty play at Texas? All four. That's a good question. Uh, I don't know the answer to that. I'm going to say at least three. I mean, I think it was four. I think so. Yeah, I mean, I, I think also some guys, some guys, you know, they play four years in college, where some other guys play two, right? So they're more experienced in college, and other guys get their experience on like the Corn Ferry Tour and the uh, the PGA Tour. So. Um, college. When he makes it, when it, when it becomes your job, right? It's a different mentality. Mm -hmm. When it becomes your job, it's a different mentality. And, and I think that's where the pressure that you put on yourself, right? Can, can maybe wear you out one way or the other. And your confidence can become a little more fickle because it's your job and, and, and you have to, and you got to make a check. So I don't know. It's always interesting. Um, I like Hogarth at fifty. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw him in there. I think Bazedenhut's an interesting look. I think Rye's an interesting look. I probably won't play them. Um, you move down here. We've seen some good play from Shank at sixty to one. 
I think Davis Thompson is representing himself well as a rookie um, at 65 to one. I don't think this is the place for him. I'm out on Pendrith. And you kind of work down the odds here. Will Gordon, I know we've seen some things here. I don't think this is a great spot for him. Um, Sam Stevens played well last week, 80 to one. He was a long shot. I think Eric Cole at 80 and Robbie Shelton at 80 are probably two names that I would stop at. Eric Cole and the strength of his game when we saw him lose to Chris Kirk at the Honda. Look, man, he's a, the dude's magic around the greens. You know, can he do enough with his iron game like he did at Houston? We'll see. Um, but I would have to think Eric Cole probably likes this place. I could see him making the cut, and I could see myself sprinkling a little top 20 on both Cole and Shelton. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just looking at some of these odds. Like, what happened to Cameron Champ? You know, he's it's crazy how far, uh, you know, he's he's been down. But there's one guy, you know, if we switch over to, like, say, first-round leaders, for example, there's one guy that, like always comes out hot in the first round. Um, it seems like no matter what course he plays, he comes out hot. And sometimes he, he costs me a first round leader by beating the guy I have. So I'm going to take a little bit of a Andrew Novak. Wow. 150 to one for like okay. a quarter of a unit to be the first round leader. That's the name I did not expect to come out of your mouth. Um, you know, he comes out hot, you know, uh, uh, so, sometimes he strings together 40 rounds, but Usually he comes out pretty hot in the first round. So he's usually up in the top quarter of uh, the first round. So I, I definitely think uh, there's a little bit of a value on a, a flyer there for uh, Andrew Novak, 150 to one for the first round leader. All right. 150 to one Novak. I like that. I like that. Just kind of looking down here. I think if I had to, you know, as we come down into these, um, these bigger odds, I would I would throw out. I think I'm going to sprinkle a little bit on Hayden Buckley um, at 130 to one. I think that's a guy that uh, I think will fit in nicely here. And I keep coming back as I you know I like to run, you know, look at different numbers and models and and a name that kind of I keep coming back to is Brandon Wu at 90 to one. So those are two those are two bombs for me. Wu at 90 and Buckley at 130. Those are my two longer shots on the board to win. So first round you've got who is the guy again you said? Novak. And Andrew Novak one Do you have uh, do you have anybody else in first round? Yeah. Here? I took Kirk Chris Kirk 48 okay. to 1 and I took Corey Connors 40 to 1. Um, Corey can come out hot, you know, he might fade, but he, he does like to come out hot. So I think there's a, there's a little bit of value there. Mm -hmm. Um, there also might be a little value. And like I said, Matt Kuchar, um, he's been coming out well and then fading, like maybe he gets fatigued because he's a little older, but he's also 50 to one to be the first round leader. So I can make a case for that. So just those four guys, basically just. Little, little sprinkles, you know, some lunch money to make 50, 50 lunches, you know, but that's pretty much all I got there for the round one leaders. Okay. I said the only other guy I didn't mention, I'll go back up here to the mid range um, guy that I've been touting rookie Thomas Dietrich. Um, I like him a lot. 
and I haven't bet it yet, but I think that's probably going to be my my last play is Dietrich at uh, 45 to one. I, I think a guy that that displays a lot of game. I mean, you look at him, I mean, he has been consistent. He's only missed one cut this year. And inside the top 40, most tournaments, he was eighth last week at Corrales, 24th at Arnold Palmer. Um, you know, I think, I think he's a guy that can kind of do it all. I mean, he kind of, I think he'll, he'll, he'll gain a little bit with each category. I don't think he's got like this huge weakness. Um, the question is, can he win? I think that's, that's the question with Dietrich, you know? You know, there's 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 kind of like two kinds of players at times, right? There's one that okay, they may have the weakness, but they have strengths and they got a little dog in them, right? Like when they get in the hunt, they're gonna like they can they can win. They have win equity. Ryan Fox mm-hmm. to me has win equity. Uh, and then you got Dietrich, who's just just solid. Like he does a lot of really good things. He's long, his iron game's pretty good, short game's pretty good, putting's pretty good, you know, a little bit above average in each one of those. But does he does he have that ability to win down the stretch on Sunday? And I think that's what's missing with Dietrich. And the question is, can he find that one week and push himself over the hump? We've seen it happen. It's going to happen, or, or it has happened with a lot of players. I mean, Tony Finau comes to mind. Um, I mean, David Duvall had a hard time winning, right? And then when he did, off he went. So here I am. Looking at Thomas Dietrich again, it's almost a guarantee he's going to make the cut and, and be relatively close on Sunday. The hell that I'm going to play him again. I'm playing Dietrich. All right. And there's also one more guy that I would play top 20. <clears throat> this guy, you know, he hasn't had a great year this year. But, you know, if you look at his course history here, he's got uh, 12 events played, six top 25s. Four top tens, uh, Ryan Palmer. Okay. Um, he got forty eight last year. Yeah, he's he's got, you know, since 20, 2015, he's got sixth, fourth, sixth, cut, cut, seventeenth, and forty-eighth. Uh last year he was doing well until the third round. Um, so you know, I do like uh you know a little bit of a sprinkle on Ryan Palmer at plus three sixty for a top twenty finish. So. All right, there you have it. PG Tour, Valero, Texas Open, some top 20, some win tickets. Let's get another win. All right, let's finish up with a little live golf. Did you see that video with uh, your boy Brooks at the uh, hockey game with the cone? And I mean, what's going on here? What's going on? Yeah, like- honestly, those are exactly my feelings because Aaron Eckblad, just, he's like a parking cone. He doesn't play defense. He's a defenseman that doesn't play defense. So um, Panthers are a mess right now. We've we were in the playoffs. Now we've lost four straight. So, so you're, it's, so you're, it's, you agree. It's, not, it's nice to see that Brooks is a, you know, I know he has a box for Panthers games. He's a season ticket holder like myself. So he's very passionate about the team, which, you know, I, I do like to see passionate Florida Panthers fans. Cause you know, we do need some more. So I was happy to see uh, that he's passionate about it. Um, and honestly, like there's, a million people yelling the same thing at the games. So the parking cone, I don't know if he brought that with him or like it was there. Um, I was like, where did the parking cone come from? Did he bring that? Or like, did, was it already there? Um, I thought that was kind of funny. Um, But the video was kind of funny. He's just like a fan, right? Like people forget these, people forget these guys are just like, 
they're like they're like they're like us. They're not playing golf, right? They're yeah. like doing stuff with their friends, uh, you know. So uh, I thought that was pretty funny, and I'm I'm looking forward to going to live Orlando. I'm gonna go up there on a I'm gonna go on a Friday, and maybe a little bit of Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, I've never been to that course, uh, like Orange County National or whatever up there. Yep. So mm-hmm. Crooked um, Cat. I, I hear it's a, they say it plays similar to like the open courses. Um, I played so. the first five holes in the storm hit and it got, we got just blasted. And so we had to, we couldn't finish, but it is, it is definitely, there's a little more room here for these guys to operate on this golf course. Um, so that, so, yeah. so, so that has, that's going to bode well for like, you know, I'm looking at the odds like Cameron Smith right now is 11 DJs at 11. Um, Neiman's at 12. You know, you just like these guys are gonna. These guys are gonna turn it on here eventually. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I think DJ probably came in kind of, you know, to make the analogy of an NFL player. He's gonna kind of play himself into shape. Um, you know, Cameron um, has got some other endeavors going. I can tell you here. I mean, Cameron Smith just lives right down here. One of the things that he just did, as a side note, he has a beautiful home right on the intercoastal. He bought the lot next to it. And uh, just leveled the house. And now he's going to build his own practice facility in there. So he's going to have his own. Must be be nice, yeah. I mean, hey, when 75 mil hits, right? You just, you can have some fun. And, you know, he's a huge fisherman on the intercoastal. He fishes for the red. He's got his boats. I mean, he's he's living it up right now. And he's going to be practicing, as I understand, right next to his house. And look, I don't think these guys are getting the respect they deserve in the masters next week um, and, and the odds that you're seeing there, but make no mistake, Cameron Smith is probably going to be a factor at Augusta next week. I mean, there's just no, I mean, you got, he's got room off the tee, iron game putting. We've seen him go there. Um, you know, so let's, let's, let's keep it real right in, in the level of players that these guys are, but do you have a few bets here? L I V Orlando. Yeah, you know, uh, this is a place where, you know, Cameron Smith, he, he's got a sixth place in the 26th this season on live. I think he's just been kind of going through the motions, kind of getting ready to get ready for the Masters. So I think this is the week where he, you know, turns it on and he gets ready to play Augusta to show that he is a force there. So, you know, I did like Cameron Smith 11 to 1, and I took him for a top 10 finish plus 110 for like two units. Mm-hmm. Um, he wants to be playing well going into the Masters, so I, I think I think there's a better chance he plays well than kind of like a DJ. I think you know with Cameron Smith being you know a lot younger than DJ, um, and like you uh, you know DJ looks a little you know DJ is usually known to be like he's been known as the most athletic guy on tour before, right? Like. Mm-hmm all the PGA players a couple years ago said the most athletic player on tour is uh, DJ. Right. And it looks to me like DJ, maybe he, this off season, he ate a, a lot. Maybe um, I actually know his chef. Um, so maybe he's eating. I know he's eating very good because my friend Mike's his chef. Um, he might be eating a lot though. So uh, it looks like he's been kind of going through the motions and I don't know. Well, I'd like, be too. I'd be eating a lot too. I don't know if he can necessarily get into that good of a shape. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's kind of playing his way in, right? It's like it's like Will Zalatoris coming back from his injury. The goal is to be 
you know, a hundred percent with everything by Augusta. I think DJ's like, you know, I'll be at my play weight by Augusta. I, I bet we'll you, I bet you he looks a little trimmer this week in Orlando. But I, I do think that Cam Smith, I like Cam Smith as yeah. a, a better play right there. And I think, I think a guy who comes, you know, who, who I've seen play well before majors is before to get their game back is like Brooks Kepka, a top 20, a top 10 finishes plus 200 here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I took that for one unit. I know, you know, Brooks has got 31st and 29th this season. Um, he's kind of played well to start, start these events, but he's kind of faded. And I think he really wants to work on his game before the masters also just like Cameron Smith. Right. So um, I, I do like Brooks top 10 finish at plus 200. And uh, there's one other guy that I bet for top 10, uh, Peter Uline plus 200. He's got second place and 10th this year in two events this season. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's playing very well. And I think he keeps it up this week. So I like Peter Uline uh, top 10 plus 200. And I also bet the uh, four aces to win the team competition at plus 400. So there you go. I think they, they haven't won this year. And I think that they take it down this weekend. All right. So, yeah, I think, I think live, you look at the guys that moved over Uline. My goodness. I mean, he's, he has blossomed. Uh, Charles Howell has played well, uh, getting that win. Obviously Danny Lee gets the win last week. Um, now, you know, Cameron, Probably you expect a little more from him, DJ. I know Live Golf would like to see these guys start to get it together um, a little bit. Abraham Answer has played okay, right? He's been he he's been up there. Um, you know, look, Bryson is irrelevant at this point. I mean, he he's just he's he's irrelevant. He's played himself completely off of the radar of professional yeah, golf. Yeah. Um, the you know, look. Whether you are feel one way or other about live, the reality is a lot of these guys that that went to live. Um, there's some that are watching it, and most you know PGA Tour lawyers are not. And so Bryson lost a lot of that, a lot of those eyeballs. But then he goes over to live, and he's just been off the radar. Like even guys watching live, you're not even getting to really see him because he's just playing so yeah. bad. He so, also had that. I think he had like wrist surgery last. I mean, he had wrist surgery and stuff. So it's that's a tough surgery to come back from. I mean, a lot of guys never, a lot of I mean, guys. Bryson's uh, 55 to one to win on live in a 48 person field. Bryson DeChambeau. I mean, that's just crazy. That's just like, no one could predict that. No one yeah. could predict and that, that. And that's exactly like why I would take him at those odds. Cause he has the ability to win. It's just like the injury has, it's his injury questions, right? Like the wrist surgery and stuff. It's like, it's tough. I mean, I, I got, I broke my hand, you know, 15 years ago and it never healed the same. Right. So mm-hmm. I can never throw a football like I used to, right. Like right. from, a, from a hand injury. So he might not be able to hold the club like he used to. So it's a, you know, after injuries, it's always difficult. You're, you're, you know, you're, you're tweaking your technique and stuff to try to get it back like you used to have and stuff. So um, he, he seems to, he's kind of settled down from the, uh, you know, the trying to just bomb it every time, like a couple years ago, right. Where he would just basically try to smash it as, you know, as far as he can. So, yeah. Um, he's kind of settled down from that. Cause I think, you know, he saw some injuries from that. Um, so, you know, can he get it back together? But like you just said, 55 to one, I mean, he's just as talented as anybody in this field. And if he gets it together, 
uh, he could easily win it. So just interesting uh, with Bryson, right? Like he, he, you know, he comes off like he's, you know, obviously he's a very hard worker. No one's taken that away from Bryson, but he's the scientist, right? Like he's researching and he's this and that, and he's going to go down these rabbit holes and just give all its due diligence and, and then really back it up with the science and make good decisions. All right. Well, he bulks up. That wasn't the right thing to do. Now he, he takes all that off right now, his diet, and he's going to get all the way down on all this, this, you know, speed and this and that. Now, you know, you're not going to get hurt. Okay. Now it's his wrist. And it's like, you know, it's hard to continue to go down these rabbit holes, you know, with, with Mm -hmm. Bryson, when you see these kinds of outcomes, when before, when he's on the PGA tour and he was, you know, putting on some speed and he won the U S open the way that he did, it was hard to argue that, you know, and now he kind of goes over, over to live and, and, and this fluctuation in weight and now these injuries, it's just, I don't know. It, it just, it's hard to, and it's, I hard think to like, it's just hard to wrap your mind around that completely as an analyst looking at someone um, who I think has become less consumed about being the best player that he can be and matching that competitive spirit that he has. Um, and now obviously he's well-paid and seeing how far he can hit the golf ball, right? Like it's just a, it's a different mentality and where he's went with his career yeah. versus where I think he excelled, which was, you know, being one of the best players in the world and pushing that and seeing how far you could go with your total game, your complete game against yeah. the best. I think when he started to, also, his dad passed away. I think that was probably tough on him. Obviously, yeah, and I'm sure. Yeah, I, I think his game started to, I think his game started to turn a little down when, like you said, he became almost like obsessed with driving the yeah. ball, doing doing the long drive competition and stuff like that. Right? Like, there's a reason the guys in the long drive competition like aren't on the PGA Tour, right? Because yeah. all the all the other parts of their game is bad. I mean, better than me, but it's bad for a PGA player, right? So. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a reason those guys don't play on tour. So he's still so young. So I mean, he, yeah. he has a long, long time to, to come back around, but right now, yeah, he's definitely not playing uh, very good golf. All right. Professional golf everywhere in Texas, in Florida, we've got NCA finals this week. We have opening day baseball on Thursday, and then we turn the page next week and it's the masters. Great time of year. Beat the Bookie, thank you for joining us. Podcast here. No problem. Thanks for having me on.